Hello and welcome back to Life's a Pitch with me, Johnny Hunt, and I'm joined by someone who was on the podcast about four, four, 44 months ago, and he's definitely the closest guest I've ever had on the podcast. He lives about 20 doors away from me. Andy Wilson, how are you, mate? Yeah, very good, mate. Thanks uh, for having me back on. Good to be back. Good, good. We did, we did previously record this, but um, unfortunately, <laughs> phone died, so I've had to start it again. And I'll yeah. be open and honest to everyone. Um, I could just edit it in and edit stuff, but I don't have the patience or the, no- or the knowledge. And I just couldn't be asked. So we'll start again. It's fine. We're, we're going to start again, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got about 10 minutes in, so it wasn't a big deal. So, Andy Wilson, how are you, mate? What's new? Yeah, I'm good, mate. And uh, yeah, like you say, a bit odd to be 20 doors away, but still having to record this over a video call, isn't it? It's, uh, it is. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, life in tier three for you. Oh, life in tier three, absolutely. <laughs> so let's crack on with uh, with all the mm-hmm. football. Um, we'll start off with your team, Man United. Before we go into the predictions, um, Fred, you crack on. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, as you, I think, as you were saying uh, earlier, you've not seen much of the game. Only really the sort of Fred incidents from it. So, yeah, I mean, I'll have a good rant about that. Um, the Fred thing was stupid. Uh, for those that haven't seen it yet. Um, he quite clearly headbutted um, Par- Paradez, uh, the PSG midfielder. Um, it's blatant. It was missed in real time because it was some way off the ball, I think. Um, and it then went to, to VAR. And watching it, the moment I saw the replay, the very first replay, I thought he's off. I know that Robbie Savage said on the commentary, he's gone. And that's coming from an ex-United player and the avid United fan, both saying he's got to go. And it was one of those moments where you think, with all the issues we've had with VAR, this is what it's for. Something's been missed in real time, clear headbutt, clear sending off every day of the week. That's a sending off 100 times out of 100. The ref is advised to go and have a look at the monitor. He goes running over. He spends probably five, 10 seconds tops having a look at it. And you're thinking, brilliant. Not, not brilliant as a United fan, but as a football fan in general, brilliant. He's seen this. He knows exactly what he's doing here. Clear headbutt. He's running back over, he goes to his pocket and miraculously pulls out a yellow card. And honestly, if you've not seen this, I would urge everyone of you listening to go and have a look at this on YouTube because it is embarrassing. For yeah, This is the Champions League. This is two of the biggest clubs in Europe. This is supposedly an elite level referee and he is on a clear, you know, it's a clear and obvious error. You know, you almost need to var the var with this because he's how on earth he cannot send him off. It's, it's shocking. It's embarrassing. It is, and I think it's either the referee or the or the re- video ref. Um, he was the referee in the Champions League final last season. So um, I'm not sure which way it all is. I think it's the I think it's the VAR ref. I think or something like that. I'm not, I, don't, I don't think it was the referee last night. It might have been. I can't really remember. But they mentioned well, the it. Sport. But, um, yeah, the, I mean, the, re- the ref last night, I mean, I, I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head now, but I've seen him do plenty of big games in Europe before. He's, you know, he's, he is supposedly <laughs> an elite referee and he's supposedly an experienced referee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was shocking. He had a poor game in general. Um, and it was, it was awful because it detracted from what should have been a good game of football and was yeah. actually, for the most part, quite a decent game. Um, but yet again, we're coming away from one of the biggest... Uh, matches of the week in the Champions League talking about refereeing mistakes yeah and I mean I, I mentioned on your Facebook thing last night um, after I saw the Fred incident I said the referee can't send, it, can't send anyone off now because he's made, he's made a word for his own back because if you don't send Fred off for that and you've looked at it as well in super slow motion because it looks everything bad in mm-hmm. slow motion but even to look at it again yeah. and still give me a low card 
crazy. I don't get me wrong, um, if you haven't seen anyone, watch out Paredes' um, pathetic um, Oscar-winning dive as well. I mean, it was a headbutt, let's not lie, but it was a... If he, he wouldn't go down in the street like that, would he? <laughs> it is pathetic the way he went down. No, oh, yeah, awful, awful. And he, he spent most of the most of the game riding around on the floor, actually. Every time he got tackled, he was behaving like that. He was a, he was a little bit lucky, I think, to stay on the pitch. But, um, yeah, he could have easily got booked a couple of times for play acting. Yeah, and with Fred, he got sent off eventually. And um, Solskjaer, I mean, any other manager, or any, you know, bring him up at half-time going, do you know what, I ain't playing you at the weekend. I'm going to take you out of the team for a couple of weeks, find you a couple of weeks' wages because you've let yourself down, you let the team down, let the fans down. But he didn't bring him off, and he got sent off eventually, and, and United lost the game 3-1. So, does Solskjaer take a, a little bit of the blame for that? Yeah, I mean, he has to. Um, and I say this as a Solskjaer fan and, and somebody who still thinks he is the right man for the job. Um, he has to take the flak for that. But Fred's been stupid, yes, but the referees let him off. And even when he eventually does get sent off, um, it, was, it wasn't a second booking, it wasn't even a foul. He, he won the ball very clearly. Um, uh, and I think the referee, I, I can only imagine that he was, he'd realised his earlier error at half-time and was taking the first opportunity he could to send Fred off. Uh, but Solskjaer has to. You've got uh, five substitutions in the Champions League. Um, so if you take him off at half-time, you've got Matic on the bench, you've got Van der Beek on the bench. You take him off, you've still got four subs in the second half. So really, there's no excuse for not feeling the need to take him out of the game there. Absolutely. And uh, touch on Van der Beek. Sure, it's so not right with that because he's... He went for quite a lot of money, and he's not—he's not playing a lot of games either. I find it really strange why he's not starting. Then he's against PSG in a Champions League game. Surely, as a big money signing, he should be one of the first team first players on the team sheet, shouldn't he? Surely. Um, I mean, I can understand it last night in the sense that with a side as good as PSG, who break quickly, who've got pace going forward, the likes of Mbappe and Neymar, I can understand the need or. or why Solskjaer felt the need to go with two holding midfielders in Fred and McTominay last night. But in general, the Van der Beek thing's a mystery because he's played, every time he's played, he's played well. He looks to slot into that midfield, that midfield brilliantly. And he's getting very little game time. It looks, on the face of it, like it's been a signing made further up the chain, maybe by Woodward, maybe by someone in the recruitment team. And he's not the guy Solskjaer wanted because it stinks of that. It stinks of Shevchenko at Chelsea years ago. Um, so, yeah, it's a mystery, but hopefully yeah. it's a mystery that's solved soon because he looks a good player in there. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, with United's um, group, they're all on nine points. Um, well, you go to Leipzig next next Tuesday, I think, or Wednesday? Tuesday. I think it's mm-hmm. Tuesday. And yeah. so if, if United don't qualify, which I think they probably will, I don't see you losing at Leipzig, but if you do lose and don't qualify and go to, to the Europa League, that's a, bit, that's a failure, isn't it, on, on Solskjaer's part? I think you probably have to say it is. I think had you said Europa League at the start of that group when it was drawn, it would have been a disappointment. But I don't need to stretch to a failure. PSG finalists last year, Leipzig made what was it the quarterfinals, semi-finals last year. So good sides. But once you've beaten them both in the first two games, um, then you know from there it then does become um, a failure because the defeat to Istanbul was um, a really poor performance, a stupid slip up. And it could potentially cost you. So, yeah, it is. And United are not the type of side that should be playing Europa League football. <laughs> they, if they want to be yeah, back in the big time, they need to be playing Champions League. Oh, that hurt. No need for that, was it? <laughs> <laughs> you had to put that in. No need for that. Yeah. Anyway, I'd... anyway, <laughs> really on. Nice big. Love the Europa League on a Thursday night. Anyway, uh, Burnley. 
the first game. Burnley versus Everton after twelve on yep. Saturday, and everyone's my birthday on Saturday. Everyone, so yeah, you know, what more do I want on a Saturday? Burnley versus Everton, oh, cracking game. Uh, yep. Burnley, they got Big start. they got battered by Man City last Saturday. Uh, Everton, they were they started off very well this season, then they've kind of dipped in form. They beat Fulham two weeks ago, whenever it was, but they're still not mm-hmm. consistent. But I can't see I can't see Everton not picking up three points. I've gone three one. Yeah, I've also gone 3-1, actually. I think I'm with you um, that Everton don't look at their best, but they did pick up the win. I think say it was good to Fulham, wasn't it, I think, um, which was much needed. Um, and then, look, they're a side that always score goals, or look like they're going to score goals, at least. Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, James has been a good addition. Uh, so I think, yeah, they're one of those sides that you'd always expect them to score. And Burnley are leaking goals at the moment. They're, um, they've been a defensively good side for the last couple of years, but they've not been this season, so... Yeah, I'm going three-one as well. Yeah, and with with Burnley, I mean, you know, when West Ham were linked with Tarkovsky for fifty million, I mean, it kind of looked a bit of a joke now, didn't it? That fifty million price tag they put on him. I mean, he's, he's a <laughs> it looked a joke then. In fairness, <laughs> it looked like it was going to be one of those jokes that everyone but Spurs was in on. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Spurs are a joke. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> uh, so three o'clock, Man City they host Fulham. Uh, Fulham got a big win against Leicester. On Monday night, two mm. 0 which is, well, I didn't, I didn't expect Fulham to get anything out of that game, but um, probably the spirit of Papa Booper Diop, who uh, sadly passed away um, at the weekend. Um, what a player he was, proper midfield enforcer, the wardrobe, scored some great goals. Um, sad day for football again this week, uh, last week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, uh, awful to to see him go, and just after Maradona as well. It's been, um, it's been an awful year for the general public, obviously with with COVID and and with the deaths that's caused. But it's been a sad, sad um, year as well for the sporting world to lose some big names. And yeah, Papa Booba Diop, I mean, he wasn't an elite level player, but he's one of those guys that always put in a performance. Um, you know, he played to a good standard and, and no one ever seemed to have a good, um, sorry, no one ever seemed to have a bad word to say about him. Um, yeah. Which no, probably speaks volumes as well. Yeah, and no, I'm very sad. Only 42 years old, that's, um, I'm not sure what it was, it might have been cancer, I think it might have been, I'm not entirely sure, but um, very sad, 42 years old. And um, yeah. thinking of Maradona, um, you, did you see when Boca Juniors scored at the weekend, when all the players went over to the box and his daughter was in, did you see that? It was quite a nice Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Touch, but, um, yeah, yeah. Was only, she's only 28, isn't she, or something like that? Bless her, floods of tears. It was um, a nice touch from yeah. the Boca Juniors um, players to go over to the box and clap up, it was quite nice. Yeah, I think there's been some lovely tributes in general to to Maradona and whatever he may have been off the pitch, and he certainly wasn't everyone's cup of tea. Um, he's undoubtedly one of the greatest, if not the greatest. There's, I've got a picture actually just out in the hallway here um, of uh, Maradona at the, I think it might have been the 86 World Cup actually, uh, and it's just a, an image of him on the ball, almost looking at what he's going to do next, with uh, five or six Belgian defenders in front of him, all sort of huddled in front of him. And... It's one of those that I have no idea what happened next. I don't know if it's a significant moment in that game or not. But it was just one of those that typified Maradona. Because even with five or six defenders in front of him, you still expect him to produce something there. And that really, uh, that said it all, I think. Yeah, no. And because um, on match of the day and all over the place, every that, that's that second goal against England from 1986. Yeah. My missus, she watched it and she went, it's not that good. And I was like, trust me, the state of the pitch, you know, it looked, it looked quite nice that on TV, but the state of the pitches back then, back in 1986, and he used to get kicked. And the fact he took it around some proper hard players as well. Like, you know, not many players went past um, Butch, did they? But, <laughs> not in one piece, anyway, no. <laughs> no, you know, and 
of course, the hand of God would always be mentioned, but uh, let's not let's not lie. Peter Shilton is nearly a foot taller than Maradona, so he should have probably should have caught it, maybe. But no, Maradona, different class, different class. So no, if you're on. a keeper there, you, <laughs> if you're a keeper there, you got to get it if you're coming. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Shilton. Moving on for um, mm. Argentinian, uh, well, Man City even um, they got they got Fulham yep. um, at the weekend. Um, Man City, they, they beat Burnley five 0 um, I've gone three 0 Man City. I just, although Fulham played very well against Leicester, very well, I think they might get beaten this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I've gone for a big City win as well. I think four 0 I'm with you. Um, but it's one of those strange games where City just having these odd games here and there this year where they're not turning up. And if they don't turn up against Fulham, Fulham put in a performance like they did the other night, they might get someone out of this. But I'm still going four 0 City anyway. Yeah, no, I just. It'd be funny if Fulham got a result, even a draw. Love it. But um, I just, I just can't see it happening. If it was at Fulham, no. maybe, still maybe no. But um, football's a funny old game, as someone once said. So half past five, West Ham United yeah. versus Manchester United. Um, this is a, I can't call this one. This is ridiculous because both sides on their day can score loads of goals. But then again, both sides can concede a lot of goals. So I've gone for two two. Yeah, I mean, I've, I. Obviously, can't say anything other can't than the United win. I can't come on, I can't come on life's a pitch and back my own team to lose against West Ham. So I've gone one nil United. Um, but one thing I would say about West Ham is I, I'm with you. Over the last probably two years, they're a side that have conceded goals. But the last month or two, Moyes looks like he's starting to work a little bit of his. I would say magic. I wouldn't call it that. But um, what you know, the plans he's putting in place seem to be starting to come together. They look a lot more solid defensively, and they've, um, I think, they've kept a couple of clean sheets now. Um, but that said, I've got to back United, so I'm going one 0 um, I would, I would block you if you didn't back your own team. That is uh, a <laughs> massive pitch. Even matter how bad your team is playing, you've always got to back them, as you'll find exactly. out. Exactly. Later on, on the Sunday game. <laughs> So, uh, 8 o'clock, this could be a great game. I've seen lots of goals. Mm. Chelsea, they're at home to Leeds United. Um, I mean, I like Leeds. I'm really impressed with them. Um, Chelsea, speaking of, well, I mean, last night uh, for Chelsea, Olivier Giroud, he's not a bad player. He's scoring four goals. Um, yeah, why did you let him go? <laughs> no, Wilson, honestly, Olivier Giroud, he's, I think he's only, only 10 goals away from breaking Thierry Henry's record for France. You know, mm. he's, he's, a, he's a fantastic player. He's the old, oldest player to ever score a hat-trick in the Champions League as well. He's a great mm-hmm. player. And, uh, you know, maybe not world-class, but he's, he is, he's a great player. He really is. I'm gutted we, didn't, we got rid of him, to be honest. Yeah, I seriously underrated. And I actually remember a few years ago, um, we were, I think it was uh, when Arsenal played United in the Cup and Welbeck scored that goal to, to knock us out. Um, and Giroud, I think Giroud was playing that day and we were talking about him and I remember saying to you, I would take Giroud at United tomorrow. Um, not now, I think he's getting on a bit now. Um, but yeah, back then, whatever that was, three, four, five years ago now, I'd have taken him because he is a really underrated forward. He's a good goal scorer. He holds the ball up well and he's got a bit of class about him too. Absolutely. And um, to score four goals at Seville as well. You know, yeah. you know and... He's like, he's like a fine wine, Olivier Giroud. He seems to be getting better and better. And um, yeah. glad to see him go. But then again, I mean, I know Aubameyang is not playing particularly great at the moment. If you get rid of Aubameyang, if you get rid of, keep Giroud and don't buy Aubameyang, then it's one of, the, it's one, it's one of them things. But oh, I, I, I still love Giroud. It still hurts mm. him. Chelsea shirt, to be honest. And uh, yeah. no doubt when, uh, when we play him soon, he'll we'll, get his customary goal against us like he normally does. But um, yeah. <laughs> this game, Chelsea leads. I mean... First, I was going to back Leeds to get to get a shock result, but I think Chelsea just 
I'm just playing a little bit too good. So I've gone for 2-1 Chelsea. 2-1 Chelsea. That's a bit like you. I was going both ways. Chelsea are playing well at the moment, but Leeds are a really dangerous side. So I've just gone in the middle and I'm going 2-2 with this. Um, two sides that do score a lot of goals and two sides that don't defend that well either. So it's you probably end up nil-nil now, but... Uh, <laughs> I know that I say that, but Leeds got nil nil with Arsenal the other day. But I don't think there'd be many nil nils involving Leeds United this season. Um, I can't imagine. No, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if Leeds got a result. I wouldn't be surprised because um, Bamford's on fire. They got uh, Calvin mm. Phillips. I like him a lot. Um, yeah, I, I just think Chelsea with with Werner playing quite well. Zayek, I like him as well. I just. Oh, they're two sides that have come a long way this year, aren't they? I mean, Chelsea, you know, like you say, the additions I've made with guys like Werner and Zayek and, and Leeds. Look, great to see them back and great to see them having a real go in the league as well. Yeah, you know what? I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm going one. <laughs> I'm going one nil Leeds. Yeah, I've changed my mind. One nil Leeds in this one. Right, it's your podcast. You can do it. I'm sticking with two two though. Yeah. <laughs> You're not changing my mind. Fair enough. That's fair enough. So moving on to Sunday, um, twelve o'clock. It's a thriller. Um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a Cracking game. I can almost sense it. Obviously, 4-4 four, four in this. I can't really. Uh, West Brom, they're home to Palace. I mean, well, what can you say about these two sides? If, if Zaha plays, Palace probably score and win. If Zaha doesn't play, Palace don't score and they don't often win. So, one, one, West Brom, what, are you, what are you saying? I'm as unexcited about this as I have been for a football match in a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I've gone nil-nil here because I think... They're two sides that have been in, involved in a lot of cagey games this year. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I think the Zaha factor is always a big one for Palace. If he plays and he plays well, then yeah, you'd back him. But hey, they just don't have enough quality about them to break teams down when he isn't playing. No, that's very true. And um, sorry to George and let's all laugh at my the other podcast that I do. Uh, but this, this game is the equivalent of what would you rather have? Would you rather stub your toe or a paper cut? That's kind of this game. That's yeah. how I describe this game. No offense, George, or any Paris fan listening, but that's kind of how I see this game. It's not a game that you, oh, it's not a game you want to watch, is it? <laughs> really? No, but uh, Joe, Joe, the funny thing is, as much as we sit here and criticise this game and, and how unexciting Palace and West Brom are, you've still got to give a lot of credit to Palace and Roy Hodgson for, you know, where they are. They've not, they're not really in trouble and haven't been for the last couple of years. So as unexciting as they are to watch, you've got to give a lot of credit there for, for being a results team and, and keeping themselves away from the dogfight. No, absolutely. No, fair play to Roy Hodgson. Um, I know George is a, is a big... Uh, he likes him. He's a bit of a critic of Roy Hodgson. It's, like, it's Roy Ball, or Hodgson Ball, he calls it. And I mean, Palace are better away from home. I mean, don't, don't, at home, they're a funny side because they don't often... Mm. don't win many games at home, but away from home, they're a big threat. And uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back Palace on this one. I, I, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... I'm going to say one nil Palace... I think I think Eze, I do like him. He's a good, he's a decent player. Um, a decent addition, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know what? It'll probably be the game of the weekend. Now it'll be four <laughs> yeah. goals galore. It'll be, it'll be a great game. I, yeah, first to, up on match of day two now, won't it? Yeah, after we've said this. I love seeing goals. I love seeing good games of football. So it's hope it, I hope it's loads of goals. I just I just can't see it unfortunately. No. So mm. you gone for? I've gone, I've gone one nil Palace. You've gone for what do you say? Nil nil. I'm going for a nil nil goal destroyer. Yeah. No worries. So moving on, quarter past two, Sheffield United versus Leicester. Uh, Sheffield United, they're in big trouble. Um, they're in big trouble. Um, that second season syndrome, it's definitely happening. They're not scoring enough goals. They're conceding goals. They're missing their fans. There's no doubt about that. They're home this, this weekend. So 2000, is it, are, are they allowed fans in Sheffield? Or what tier are they in? Uh, good question. I don't know. I've lost track with this tier system now. So Yeah, I mean, if they're allowed to have um, fans, then they might, might make a difference. But they're not. But even then, goal. if you, 
even then, if you're talking a few thousand, how much of a difference is that atmosphere really going to make? You know, you need Bramall Lane to be packed out for there to be a real atmosphere there, I think. Yeah, and they're, they're not, I mean, I think they've only scored three goals all season, haven't they? Four goals, and scored many, Sheffield United. So it's. Um... Yeah, well, this is trouble with following on from last season. They struggled for goals last year. Um, they haven't really fixed that problem. And at the other end, they've started conceding them. Um, and they, they're one of those sides that they have been quite well organised in the past, especially last year but they lack any real sort of creative edge. You know, you, you, if, if Leicester get in front in this game, you're looking at Sheffield United going, who's going to, you know, create something for them? Who's going to produce a bit of magic to get them back in it? And you can't see anyone in that side doing that. No, and I think Jamie Vardy will get his... his he always scores against Sheffield United and he always winds them up when he scores. Um, I mean, he was pretty poor against Fulham the other night, Jamie Vardy, but, but again, that's more credit to Fulham. They didn't allow him to get yeah. on the ball. But um, I, think, I think he'll score a couple of goals. On Sunday, he's, I love Jamie Vardy. Yeah. I just think he's. I would love him to come back and play for England, wouldn't you? Um, yes, yes, and no. I think I would, but at the same time, we're also blessed with some good young forwards. Obviously, you know, Harry Kane is the starter in there. You've got, you know, Dominic Calvert Lewin. We we mentioned him briefly earlier with Everton. He's having a great year. Um, and Tammy Abraham as well. He's a good player. Danny Ings has been in the goals obviously over the last eighteen months. So. Mm. You know, it, it's <laughs> yes. I, I know what you're saying. It'd be great to see him back for England, but I think we have plenty of talent as it is up front. Oh no, we do absolutely. But I just think Jamie he just offers that something different for me, Jamie Vardy. I, I just, um, mm. just I, I love the way he doesn't give defenders any peace and he just chases everything down. I think for the Euros, I think he just offers something different. But you know, as you say, we have got some. Uh, Harry Kane's all right, and he he's not too bad. <laughs> So yeah, I'm going to go for I'm going for two 0 Leicester in this. Yeah, I've gone two 0 as well. Yeah, fancy Jamie Vardy to get on the score sheet too. Okay, so moving on to uh, oh, half past four, Tottenham. They're at home to my Arsenal. Um, I can't say I'm particularly looking forward to this one. Um, I'm not going to lie, um, but I've got to try and keep positive because it's <laughs> the so I don't care how good Spurs are playing. I'm never going to sit here and say they're going to beat us. Um, Oh, wait, it's going to be a, it's going to be a hard one. I'll tell you what, here we are. You're firing the questions at me, but I'm going to spin this round on you now. I'm going to fire a question at you. On, Have then. you ever dreaded a North London derby as much as you're dreading this one at the moment? No, I can't say. Uh, no, um, this is going to be... Uh, I, I, I do fear the worst. But form goes out the window. We're not playing very well. We're not scoring enough goals. But form that doesn't matter in a, in a derby. Um, it's happened many times for Spurs against us when Spurs ain't playing well and they've always turned up against us. So... I'm hoping Arteta can really drill in to the players, and I'm hoping he'll play a few of the academy boys on Sunday as well, because um, they, mm. they know what it means in the London derby. So I'm hoping yeah. players like Saka and Ketia, Reese Nelson, Smith Rowe, I know Rabone is not technically an Arsenal lad, but he's been there long enough now. Hector Bellerin as well. So I'm hoping yeah. there'll be enough of them players that will know what it means. Uh, it's, it's not going to be easy. The Spurs are playing very well. Uh, I do fear, but apparently Harry Kane might not be fit. But then, it, but is that mind games? It's, it's Jose Mourinho playing mind games, isn't it? He'll be fit. Well, he's, exactly, yeah. And you, you'd expect if, if even if he's fifty-fifty, you'd expect for a North London derby for Mourinho to to be putting Kane out there. Um, I mean, I think look, Spurs have had some good moments over the last three, four years, and Arsenal have had some not so good moments over the last three or four years. But every time this this derby's walked around, I've always said no matter what the case is with form, I'm still going to back Arsenal to win because I've just, I've always felt that Spurs have never had quite enough, but I'm looking at it now and 
I'm going to make a bold statement as well now because I'm not just, going to, not just going to say I think Spurs win this game, but I think Spurs might have enough to win the league this year. Oh, and I say that as, and I and and I know you'll hate me coming on here saying that, but and look, as someone who was raised by an Arsenal fan as well, you know, I I am taught to hate Spurs. And never once, with all this hype the Spurs fans are given over the last couple of years, never once have I genuinely believed they might have a chance. But I think they do now. No, they're, oh, you know, I can't lie, they're a good side. And they're, they're going to be up there. Um, you know, you don't beat Man City. You know, you beat, beat United 6-1 at Old Trafford. You don't, but you don't win games like that and not have a chance to win the league. So Spurs are... No. Oh, I hate... I, I, can't, I can't imagine Spurs winning the league. It just makes me feel physically sick. <laughs> but they're up there and they deserve to be up there. I just hope they don't beat us on Sunday. Because if they beat us, then they're well and truly in a title race, which yeah. they won't want. And I think the thing is, so many teams are in a title race this year. I mean, I can't remember exactly how the table looks, but even United, who are well down there and struggling, are still only something like five points off top. Yeah. Um, and look, I'm not going to say we're going to win it, because not for a second do I believe we will. But when you've got a side like United who are playing poorly in mid-table and they're still only five points or so off top, at this stage of the season, you, you've got to say everyone's in it. You've got to say Liverpool, City, Spurs... Arsenal, Leicester, Wolves, all these teams are in the mix. Yeah, and that's the annoying thing. Like, the game against Wolves we lost, and we deserve to lose because Wolves, Wolves are good, don't get me wrong. But if we'd, have, if we'd have beaten Wolves, we'd have gone up to sixth, and then we'd have been like three points behind Chelsea, and that, and that changes the whole complexion of the league because, you know, we go, we're not going to win the league, but we're, we're, we're there or thereabouts in the, in the top, top four, top six. And we lost mm. to Wolves, and we're obviously 14th. It's not, it's not a great place to be. But um, I'm, not, I'm not particularly worried about Mikel Arteta. Um, you know, it's a project. You know, uh, Liverpool, if they, they could have quite easily sacked Jurgen Klopp after two years because he wasn't working. So you can't, you can't just sack your manager when it's not going well because, you know, it's, he's doing his best. I mean, he's done to the players. He, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not playing anyone out of position like Emery done. He's, he's, it's just not working. I don't know why it's not working. Um, it's an absolute mystery. I don't know why. Um, I'm sure once Aubameyang does start scoring again, it will, it, will be, it will go on a run where he will score six, seven games in a row. Mm. It's just not happening. Um, I don't know why. Um, I mean, against Wolves, he had three touches or four touches in the first half and two of them were from kickoffs. Ridiculous. But, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult on Sunday. Um, yeah, and that's, I think that's the thing. Aubameyang's been a big factor, hasn't he, this year, is his struggles are part of the reason Arsenal's struggling because so often he's pops up with those all-important goals um, and it's not happening for him this year. But I'm with you. I think Arteta, I think this talk of Arteta's job is ridiculous. I think that's you're right. It's a project. It's going to take time. You've got to give him a, a couple of years, a few transfer windows to get that side how he wants it. Like you, know, you said about Klopp, there you can go back as well to the likes of Wenger and and obviously even Ferguson as well, who had struggles early on. Things didn't necessarily quite work, and you look how it works out for them. I'm not saying you always stick by a manager who's struggling, but if you've got a clear project and there's a clear. Um, a clear way of playing uh, and you know it's going to just take a little bit of time you have to stick with it oh, absolutely and um you know i, I love Mikel because you know he won the fa cup a few months ago you know mm. we beat man city and chelsea so you know he's, he's a man for the job he's just, it's just going to take time yeah. um you know, I don't know it's, it's been no quick fix you know he, he's trying to build his own squad um there are some players in there that i don't think will be there next season but um you know it's a difficult one, and a lot of the Arsenal fans are still saying about Mesut Ozil, why he's not in the team, and you know that Mikel Arteta's come out and said it was his decision, it was footballing reasons. I, I can't, I, I, just it's just a personal point of view here. I think the reason why Mesut Ozil is not in that team is nothing to do with footballing reasons. It's because he was a little bit outspoken early in the year about the Uyghur Muslims, 
And I think it's a, I think that is a massive, massive reason why he's not in that team. I think there's lots of factors. I think that's the trouble is, is you've had, and that's not the first time either that Ozil said something in the media that, you know, has got him in a little bit of trouble. So you have to look at that. You have to look at the fact that he's not always presented himself in the best light, shall we say. Oh, definitely not. Um, you've got to look at his attitude and it has been a problem. It's been a problem for years that his attitude on the pitch um, isn't necessarily there. You've got to look at his inconsistencies. Um, and then you've got to look at the fact there's other players in the squad that Arteta clearly feels are the future of the club and he's not. So I think there's a long list of reasons and I don't think it's any surprise really that he's not in that 25-man squad. No, and don't look, on his day, Mesut Ozil is an unbelievable player. But um, the games that we've lost this season, like the, especially Wolves on, on Sunday, I, I, even with Mesut Ozil in that team, I, you know, because Wolves kind of dominated the midfield and I, I think we've been overrun in midfield. So Mesut mm. Ozil's team, I don't think it made any difference, really. No, no. Against, and Leeds, I think... maybe, against Leeds, maybe, because, you know, because Saka had a big chance and I think with a little bit more creativity against Leeds, we might have got the result, but... Where teams dominate midfielder, you know, Mesut Ozil, he's not, he's not a dominating midfielder. He's, he's an attacking midfielder. He's a luxury, mm. really. You know, yeah. he can pick a pass with the eye of a needle. He's, he's a fantastic ball player. But if you want him to tackle and track back and be a dominating midfielder, that's not him. That's not his, that's not his game, is it? No. And that, I think that's the thing. He's that type of player, that Ozil type of player, that sort of lazy number 10, as I'd call it. He's gone from the game now because there's no room for it. I mean, you, you look at similar type of players. You look at De Bruyne at City, Fernandez at United. Um, you know those type of players do that. Do that working back as well. You know they'll they'll do the hard yards too, um, and they'll put in a shift. And you see you see that from them every week. You know we've seen it from Bruno since the day he came in, and uh, say Kevin De Bruyne certainly does it as well. Um, and because you've got players like that who are now putting in a shift, doing the other side of it as well as the the attacking side, the creative side. Mm. it doesn't mean that players like Ozil were gradually becoming obsolete in the game. No, absolutely. So, what do you reckon on Sunday? Spurs-Arsenal, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so I think probably alluded to it already. I think Spurs are playing well. Um, Mourinho is finding a way to win games when they're not playing all that well, for the most part. He's also finding a way to get them playing really well, clicking and scoring lots of goals, as they did against United. So, yeah, and... For me, I can't really see much else other than Spurs win, so I'm going 2-1. Two, 2-1, one. Two, one. yeah, I'll take that right now, to be fair. Um, no, I'm... Well, I can't, I can't go back my own team, can I? Because that's just... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I've done it. Yeah, especially in a derby. Do you know what I mean? No matter how bad you're playing, mm. you, can't, you can't back against your own team, especially against in a derby. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 2-1 Arsenal, just because, you know, it's the sort of game where you're playing badly in the league and you get Spurs away, it's a chance to really kickstart your season. So... Yeah, and if Aubameyang start, if he scores two goals, I could kickstart him and he'd go and run and not be top goal scorer. I think that's gone now, but you know he could go and score, go on and go on a little run. But it's going to be difficult. I, you know, I won't be, I won't be surprised if we lose on Sunday. Um, and really, win my birthday, great that. I think it's it's a huge game for both <laughs> these sides because it either way for Arsenal, you're right. It could kickstart the season. It could turn things round, um, and it could set them back on the right track. And for Spurs, if they win, then. Yeah, I mean, they have got a great opportunity to have a very, very serious tilt of the title. Probably their most serious tilt of the, uh, tilt of the, the Premier League title since its inception. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be... I'm going to be watching it with, through, through my fingers, I think. <laughs> a long, long game. So, last game on Sunday, Liverpool versus Wolves. This is going to be a good game, this. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Really looking forward to it, because um, Wolves are a good side. I mean, they, they played superbly against Arsenal the other night. 
Um, and they, they will cause problems, a lot of problems for Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool, <laughs> if they've got any players left for Liverpool. Um, uh, I think Wolves might nick this, you know. Wolves might nick this. Yeah, I mean, I've, I keep toying with it because Liverpool have lacked a bit of consistency this year. They're missing big players. Obviously, uh, Van Dijk and Gomez are a big miss. Alisson's going to be out of the game as well, and he is a big player for them. Um, uh, and I'm edging towards Wolves, and I've written down a Wolves win, but I'm thinking about whether to go back because I keep going back to the, the Raul Jimenez factor because he's such a big player for them. Even when he's not scoring goals, he's a real, uh, real focal point. He works really hard and pressures that, that back line as well. Um, and he is a huge miss for them. Mm. That said, I'm still going to go for a Wolves win. I'm going to stick with it and say 2-1 one wall. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a difficult game, this. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go 2-1 Wolves as well, to be fair. And um, it's good to hear Ra- Ra- Raul Jimenez is, is uh, recovering well after that horrific, horrific head injury. That was, um, well, it, it sounded horrific with no fans. It, it was just, it just, that was awful. And I thought I felt I feared the worst when I saw that. Yeah. yeah, as soon as you've seen the reports come out as well about fractured skull and things like that, you're going back to Ryan Mason, you're going back to Petacek, and you know, we, yeah, I think we hope he makes a speedy recovery and gets back playing again soon because he's a brilliant player to watch. I love Ralph Jimenez. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, did it, Alan Shearer touched on it in a match of the day too about the um, concussion substitutions and how football is so far behind. Like in NFL, rugby, mm-hmm. every other sport, they've got you know. Substitutions you can have, if, you know, but why is football so far behind? I don't, I don't understand it, and it's um, it's got to be done. Not, not next week, not next month, not next season. I think it's got to be done now, hasn't it? I absolutely. I mean, I love, I love this sport, but it's so far behind in so many ways when it comes to, as you say, concussion substitutions. When it comes to um, player health, particularly in regards to head injuries, we have a lot of talk, obviously, recently about um, the issues that heading can cause with dementia later in life. Um, you know, and it's uh, look. I love the sport, but it's a backward sport in so many ways. You think about VAR and the problems we've had that with that this year. You look around at sports like rugby, cricket, the NFL. Um, they've all had video technology for a while now. Mm-hmm. Yet the Premier League aren't going, or and the FA aren't going to any of these other sporting bodies and saying, "Look, how, how it works well in your sports. How do you make it work?" Yeah, because no, they're not doing that, and they haven't done that. Um, so yeah, I think it needs it needs to catch up. It needs to catch up, and from a technology perspective, and it needs to catch up as well from the perspective of players' health as well. Yeah, no, because like with with the concussion substitution, like the Arsenal medical team, they've 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 helped out the um, English and Irish Lions, you know, and they've 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 got experience of that of that protocol. But in football, they they can't follow that protocol, and it's just I just I find it very strange, and it's gonna it's gonna, it's gonna kill someone. I think it's it's, it's getting that. Getting that way, and I've, I, I did fear for Jimenez because that was a mm. sickening noise. And um, and David Luiz he carried on playing up the first half, you know, blood seeping through his bandage, which I, well, that wasn't particularly nice to see either. Right. But you know, it's a very, you are right, it's a very backward sport. Much of you all love it, it's um, it's a very bizarre one. And I, yeah. and you know, with, and with VAR as well, it's still not one. But then again, no. is it VAR or is it the people using VAR? You know, it's one. Is, is it no? That's pro- that's a discussion for another time, I think, because we could sit here for another hour talking about that, couldn't we? But yeah. but yeah, just going back to head injuries point, I think yeah, the worrying thing is, like you said, um, what's it going to take for it to change? Is it going to take for a, you know a player to die from something like that? Because we had it with Czech, we had it with Mason, we're now having it with Jimenez. You know, how many more serious injuries have you got to have before we have a look at? How we 
I look, you can't do a lot about the contact in the game. It's part of the sport. But how long is it before we can take a serious look at things like concussion substitutions, proper concussion protocols as well? Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's, a very, it's a very weird sport. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll do a whole podcast, a episode of VAR with the offside. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, moving on, the Monday night final game. Uh, Brighton, they're under Southampton. Um, this should be a good game, this, because I think both sides... They, they, they're a decent side both of them um, Southampton they, they played well against United and they lost the game um, I think it's Edison, Edison Cavani with two great editors to be fair how do you see it? Um, yeah I, I mean look, I'm with you I think it's been a good game they're two sides that like to play their football um, Southampton have got plenty of goals in them and Brighton like to attack teams as well I've gone 1-1 in this one because I think it's going to be tight but I think it's one of those could go either way um, and yeah, I, I really am hoping for a good game. I hope they both really have a go at it because when they do, they can play some great football. Yeah, no, definitely. And I hope maybe he might be back. Tarek Lamptey might be back for Brighton. Or has he got? Has he got a free game ban? You know, he got sent off, didn't he? Is it a free game ban he's got? Uh, I, I can't even remember now. But if he is back, he'll be a great addition to come back into the side for them. Like good him. young player. Do you like him a lot? And I think uh, maybe Danny Ings might be back for for Southampton. So if they're both back. That's mm. uh, Danny Ings. Well, he scores goals, doesn't he? Danny Ings. <laughs> Um, he's, he's a huge factor. If he's if he's if he's playing, if he's fit, and if he's straight back into form, then you know you start to then edge more towards Southampton because he makes a difference for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, and James Ward Prowse as well. I'm a massive fan of him. I think the way mm. he's going about. I mean, I don't see what, how and why he's not in the England team regularly from set pieces. Like, he's, you know, I think he's not well classed. That's a wrong thing to say. But from set pieces, he's he's unbelievable. Yeah, and I think when we're lacking a little bit as well in terms of we've got some good attacking central midfielders players and wide players and the likes of Grealish and, and Madison, uh, Mason Mount, of course. But I think Ward Prowse has got enough about him to play a little bit deeper than sometimes he does for Southampton in an England shirt. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to see him in there more. He's one of those guys that gets better and better every year. Great set piece delivery. He works hard for the team. As I say, I think he does enough defensively to play in a deeper role as well. Mm. Um, but then he is—he has been in more squads lately, and he—he's getting bit by bit. He's getting more time under Southgate, and it'd be interesting to see how if if he's given a real run in that England team, how he gets on. No, absolutely. I, I'm going to go for I'm going for one-one as well. Mm. I think I see. I think it'll be a tight affair. But hopefully, some goals. Hopefully, some goals. So before yeah. we end this episode, um, I'm going to try something really random. It's new. I just thought about what what was your moment of the weekend, Wilson? Oh wow. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to be a little bit biased here and I'm going to say Cavani's winner against Southampton because um, it wasn't, okay, it wasn't a particularly special goal, but it showed everything. In fact, both his goals showed everything that United have been missing. Actually, I'm going to scrap saying the winner. I'm going to go back to his second goal, actually, because he shows everything United haven't had for a few years now. Because when you watch Bruno Fernandes take the shot for the second goal, he's lining up to shoot. No, he hadn't even hit the ball yet. He's lining up to shoot. And Cavani is already gambling. Yeah. And Martial doesn't do that. Rashford doesn't do that. Your top strikers do. Your, your Harry Kane's, your Obama Yang's, you know, your Lewandowski's. These guys, they gamble on those things. And that's exactly what Cavani does. And yes, he gets a huge slice, slice of luck because it deflects into his path and, you know, sits up very nicely for him to head it home. But he gets that luck because he's gambled on being there. So, all right, it's not the most exciting bit of the weekend. Um, but for me as a United fan, having not seen a proper out and out number nine a proper striker for a long time now probably since Van Persie seeing that was great and it's 
probably hopefully a little window into what we might get over the next year or two from him. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I heard a stat. I'm, I'm not sure. I tried to find it on the phone just then. Um, Cavani scored two two away goals, and that's more goals in that game than Anthony Martial scored away from home in two seasons. I'm not sure how true that is. But that is it. That's a, that's a true stat. That is a ridiculous stat. It's true. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a million miles off. And look, I like Martial, but I still think he's probably a winger. Rashford definitely these days seems to be a winger. United haven't had a proper striker, and they and look, they've got one now. All right, he might only last a year, eighteen months, because he is getting on. But he's a proper centre forward, and that's that's exciting. The goal might not have been that exciting. The game might not have been that exciting, but having a proper quality centre forward again is exciting. Well, like I say both his goals. If you're if you're a youngster coming, from, you know, watching that, watching his movement for both goals, you know, you look mm. at even his second goal ahead was a great header, great movement. Even his first one, you know, he knew where he, had to, he knew where he had to be, and you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, just do what the movement. I look at Latan, he's still got it. He's 465 Absolutely. years old, he's still got it. You know what I mean? So he's a good player. Edison, yeah. so last thing to go in it is the brain they say you know yeah. the movement can go but you know if you're a striker if you're still getting the right positions you will still score goals yeah initially nicholas bentner and the brain's the first thing to do <laughs> but that's, that's well, yeah yeah i well, never had it in the first place yeah, i think with him but it's, <laughs> it's, problem. Weekend. Um, it's not in the premier league it's more that it's the fa cup and marine mm. um, getting through to the third round and getting tottenham um it's just i thought it's quite funny they uh, on around the ground they've got numbers on the fence have you, have you seen this mm. and got yeah, numbers- i think so yeah yeah, uh, the numbers on the fence and like number twenty nine. That's the house number where the garden is. So if the ball goes over, they know they know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? You know, you can always imagine like when Lamella hits another ball over the bar, and then Harry Kane is not going, "Hello." Best bit is if he knocks and Bill gets an Arsenal fan and goes, "No, you, you ain't coming in. Sorry, mate. Ball staying there." You know, fantastic. And you know, it's probably, that's just why we love the FA Cup. We love the FA Cup. Yeah. To, the draws like that. Marine, who are going to get some a lot of money from it as well. Fan at home yeah. to, there were rumours that they're going to swap swap ground, play at Spurs instead. But that's not what the FA Cup's about. It's allowing a little team who probably get, don't get many people go to this team. Good chance to play against Spurs, against Harry Kane and his sons, and you know. And I think Jose Mourinho, because he likes the FA Cup, he won't he won't take the youngsters. He'll he'll probably play the full squad out of respect for the FA Cup. Yeah, and I think look, even if he does put a slightly weakened team out, I wouldn't be surprised if he trots out the likes of Kane and Son later in the game anyway. But like, look, we, we love to give Spurs stick. You know, you're an Arsenal fan. As I said, I'm raised by an Arsenal fan. So, you know, I'm born to hate Spurs as well. We'd love to give them stick. But what a moment for Marine because they are a, they are a big club and they've got some fantastic players. And that's once in a lifetime for those players. So, yeah, I, look, I hope they make the most of it and they enjoy it. I think that's... Doesn't matter what the result is because they're going to lose. Let's face it. Oh, but yeah, like you said, that's that's the magic of the cup. <laughs> Just imagine though, in a parallel universe, and Jeff Dillon, and there's been a goal at Marine, and it's I can't even name a Marine player. To be fair, I've no idea. No. Um, I couldn't even name a player, and he scores, and it's the ninetieth minute, and they go one 0 up against Spurs. Just imagine how funny that. I just uh, brings back memories of um, Liverpool, Haven and Waterlooville a few years, well years ago now in the cup when uh, they went was it one nil and then two one up in that game and you were thinking could this really happen? Yeah, I the name he's called the second something Potter I think it was. Jesus called the second goal. I can't remember what his name was, but yeah, I remember that. Hey, that's, that's good enough for me, mate. You, you, hey, you, you could have spouted off a name of a Marine player now and I'd have agreed with you and you could have made it up because I haven't got a clue. But I remember um, uh, Phil Thompson when all over went two one up. It was just his face. It was just um, it was just hilarious. Loved that moment. But yeah, we'll <laughs> at the end of the podcast, mate. Thank you very much for for coming on. 
absolute pleasure mate thanks so much for having me back and uh no i'll get you on again soon and hopefully i'll see you soon we're not 20 doors down the road um we'll go for we'll go for a beer soon when we're at, well when, when we're like christmas we could do christmas how about that? Yeah, yeah, and we, we might finally be able to get one of these done face to face as well soon. So yeah. here's to that. Um, you know, just in case everyone doesn't know that you know the coronavirus is having five days off over Christmas, so you can obviously stay. Yeah. Safe. No, don't be an idiot. But um, yeah, apparently it's having five days off. So, uh, well, we'll give up. Really. Anyway, let's not talk about COVID. <laughs> yeah, 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 we could get all political here. Let's not go down that route. But uh, yeah, no. Put, yeah, it's been fantastic, mate. Thanks so much for having me back and a uh, happy birthday as well for Saturday, isn't it? Thank you very much. Yeah, everyone, thank you much for listening. Um, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. Um, don't do anything stupid. Enjoy the football. And uh, of course, as always, up the Arsenal. <laughs>